0: Welcome, one and all, to Two Beers Please, the podcast where we t- drink beer, talk sports, and discuss, uh, multi- including fantasy. Wow, real professional, Yannick is. <laughs> and discuss a multitude of other random topics that inevitably come up when me and Yann discuss stuff. I'm Matthew Smith, as always, as I said, joined by my wonderful friend and co host, Yannick. Dust has settled on the NBA bubble and season, and already questions live the upcoming season. World Series and Champions League group stage have gotten underway this weekend, or this week, pardon me. Uh, And of course, this weekend is filled with football and a midday main event in the UFC where legacies are on the line. Of course, make sure you're following the Two Beers Please Facebook page, the Twitter page uh, at 2BP underscore podcast, the Instagram, Two Beers Please underscore podcast, and please subscribe, review on the Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. Make sure you stay on top of all our new episodes. Go give us a re- glowing review of how great me and Yannick are. As the new school year starts, guys, you know, whether you're virtual or for some reason you're in a classroom, there is really no better way to begin the new year than with a new pair of shoes. Help, a new pair of shoes is what we all need right now in these tough times. You know, shoes help us define ourselves and show off one's style. Plus, you need them for walking. Payless is the place to go for that new pair you're looking for. The overcrowded aisles are filled with smelly shoes tried on by thousands and good luck finding the other half of that pair of shoes you like so much. That bad bo- boy was stolen months ago. Why pay more when you can pay less? So thank you to pay less for sponsoring today's episode. Jan, how we doing? How we feeling today, my man?
1: Uh, feeling good, you know, it's starting to get cold here in New York, but you know today was a nice respite from that. Um, yeah, I, I think. I think yeah, it's been a good day. Nothing to complain about, you know. Um, just looking forward to UFC and and the weekend, and obviously had some good Champions League luck uh, this this week. So that's always good too. Yeah. To end the week both with me. boys. Oh, oh yes. Team. When's the last time we've been able to say that? <laughs> See, like they usually suck whenever the other one's doing well. My goodness, that's that so. is true. It's true. Of course, I feel like of course, rec- time- of course
0: recently though that
1: basically just lies on on the united side of things. You know what? I I'm not blaming you guys for that though. It it happens that way. My goodness.
0: Yeah. Get back someday. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's that's what you got to uh, keep you, telling yourself, right? That's
1: that's why we're Yeah. Free. There you go. Yeah, you you know, we'll we'll see what happens. There's just so many games happening all at once that I it's like, we're going to lose to someone stupid every other week because it, I just feel like it's too much. It's too yeah, much. It it's will. really too much. Yeah. And I mean, you I mean, you guys have a little more, obviously, uh, what's it called? You guys have a little more urgency with, with the placement in the Premier League. But again, like, it's so early on. Whatever. so early. It, it really, like,
0: over. honestly, I was looking at it, like, even when they, before they beat Newcastle and obviously like the three games weren't really something to boast about, but it was like if they won their next two, I think they would be like fifth. Like they were they would be right back. Like it's so early in like the even the lead you get because there haven't been that many points, it's not that far like off to to make a comeback. But as we talked about last time, hopefully there will be some some surprises in the in the top four of these leagues. I'd love man if Austin Villa can be in the mix for a, a even a Europa league after like, literally barely making it into the Premier League this year. Like, Jack Grealish would have been gone. They would have been, like, a completely different scenario. And now they're the only team that hasn't dropped any points.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, we all want that. We all want – are you kidding me? We all want all that. like, I know that we – like, I'm a fan of a team that recently won. So that's, like, obviously, like, a little chink in the armor of this argument. But – I mean, yeah. I want, I want every, I want Atalanta to win in Serie A. I want, I, you know, Valencia to win La Liga. I really do.
0: Dude, Atalanta is going to win it. Like, Atalanta is <laughs> just going to like, they're just gonna like, okay, we'll just keep on winning. And like, you guys can keep on doubting us. It's however much you want. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what they keep doing.
1: We, everyone is yeah. surprised at the week about them winning. And it's like, why? First of all, they're playing a bad team. Second of all, they're still up in the Syria. I don't know what's like so surprising to you guys. Like well, uh, and even like like last year it was like, oh, like how
0: good for them they've you know made top four previous year. Now they get to go to Champions League. And like what what a nice little story they've been. And Adalonda's like, no, we're gonna make a quarterfinal run and still finish top four in Syria. Like we're a good team. I don't We're here to stay, <laughs> guys. <laughs> we're not just gonna fall to the wayside. Oh yeah, boy. it's been it's been good weather recently. It's been nice, uh like right just right in the kind of that perfect middle ground. I feel like
1: October has just flown by though. It has. Yeah. October spooky season has scarily sped by. It truly has. It truly has.
0: Yeah. Well, Jan, as always, we're drinking our beers. We're back to the the local pub.
1: What are we sipping on this evening? Well, you know, in honor of, well this is this is kind of a little bit of cultural appropriation, because it's not entirely from Bolivia. But uh, in honor of Bolivia having some fair elections, you know, happen in the country, you know, kind of setting the country back on course after like a weird coup situation that was US backed and definitely had something to do with some shady business dealings. um, You know, I I decided to break out the 1800 ready to serve margarita. And so I'm drinking that out of this, out of this, uh, out of this nice, yeah. uh, Matt, Matt, I get, wish they, it, I
0: wish they could see the glass. It really it's is a nice, a nice
1: cactus uh, glass. It's real great. And it's delicious. If you don't have the 1800 margarita, it's it, a perfect get, it, glass for like a pre-margarita mix. Mm, 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 the, uh, it's great. What are we drinking, buddy?
0: Um, I just went with uh, the less, less exciting. Re- I mean, just cause it was October. Uh, a blue moon harvest uh pumpkin oh uh, like i gotta i was like i gotta have at least one of them during the october there well i go. guess normally i feel like i i always end up having them in thanksgiving you know after you get like the base drunk uh and then you're like well i need another beer and there's like all the pumpkin beers because no one actually really likes pumpkin beer and people are like i'll have a pumpkin beer but a second pumpkin beer like you know but, not uh, to, yeah. Not, not trying to vomit on Turkey Day. No, for sure. Yeah, yeah it's just a lot. It's a, it is, you know, flavor yeah. wise. I agree. The, you know, you don't have so much. <laughs> All right, Jan, let's make our way over to the question of the day. We're not going to spend too much time, unfortunately, on college football today, but we will stop there right now. Alabama and Clemson clearly looking like college football playoff contestants and participants this year. Let's go ahead and say that Ohio State is the team that we think they should be and will be, and they're also in there in the playoff. With those three teams in, who do you think is most likely to be the fourth team in the playoff?
1: Ah, uh, who knows, man? I hate this question because everyone plays everyone plays each other. So, like, I have no idea. All the teams I'm thinking of, it's like who Notre knows anything Dame that we talk about, <laughs> right? Uh, it's like Notre Dame. I, I want to say, but of course, they play Clemson and are going to get beaten by like 40 points so like they're not going to make top four after that and you know I like Penn State but they're going to play Ohio State and probably get beaten by 20 points so that knocks them out as well I I I like Florida I I, you know I like Kyle Trask in Florida I'll I'll say I'll say Florida I'll say the Gators you don't think
0: you don't think a loss to Bama would knock them out after already having a loss to A&M
1: you're right. They did lose against ANA. I mean, I'm I'm
0: I'm just t- I mean, yeah. I, I think like I'm uh, just speaking hypothetically. I mean, because okay. I, I agree. Yeah. Like undefeateds wise, like Cincinnati probably has a chance to go undefeated. I think there would have to be a lot of like two loss teams in major conferences for Cincinnati to get a chance. Otherwise, Oregon would be really the only one. So maybe they sneak in if nobody else have really looks, looks good. SMU would need so much help. <laughs> they, like they would. They would need to be, like, three lost teams. I think – I mean, like, right now, I think Georgia still is the, cl- like, front runner, but I just don't literally trust in Stetson Bennett. That's I think, exactly i think what Florida, I'm saying. Like, yeah. I think Florida's going to beat Georgia there anyway, um, but I don't know what Florida can do against Bama. I kind of agree with you. I think Penn State, like, has a, a – Penn State and Notre Dame, I, I, I don't think Notre Dame beats Clemson, but if they can, like, stick around, look okay. The ACC is a lot better this year, or at least, like – The rankings have been kinder to them. Maybe that's partly because the Big Ten and Pac twelve haven't been in the rankings, which certainly will help. But uh, it it does look like an improved conference this year. So, like Notre Dame's resume would still have some good wins, even if they lose to Clemson twice. Um, But Penn State, like if Penn State barely loses to Ohio State and they fly through the Big Ten, and Penn and Ohio State also flies through the Big Ten, that's like I think Penn State's got a really good chance to to sneak in as as the second Big Ten team.
1: Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna depend on Penn State sweeping through the rest. I I think Penn State could only lose to Ohio State, where I think I think Florida, if Florida held tight with Alabama and even with two losses and the lost a And M, I think they could get in. I, you yeah, know, if they if they hung tight with it'd Alabama, it'd be a tough
0: one. Penn State, like a one loss Penn State to a two loss Florida, like that'd be a tough comparison. It'd be a tough ass. I mean, we may be very like, if not like. This may be very easy on us. And if Oklahoma State wins out, they're clearly like Big 12 isn't the greatest conference this year, but still a power five. Like Oklahoma State will definitely be that fourth team. Right.
1: right. I just right. don't
0: think, like, I know Oklahoma isn't Oklahoma of old, but Oklahoma's beaten them 15 out of the last 17 times. And I think Oklahoma's going to get better. Um, I, I like I, I just don't see Oklahoma State going undefeated. And I, I think they would have to. Like I think if they slip even if they lose to Oklahoma and then like win the conference,
1: I I think they'd be out. Right, because their one loss would be against a not good team anyway. So it's like, what are you gonna say there? Yeah, I i so funny because I thought the same thing. I was like, yes, of course, Georgia and Oklahoma State are in the mix, but I do not trust them. Georgia yeah, especially, I, like, I was like, I don't of think they're gonna Georgia be there. there. I just like after what I saw last week, I'm like you think they're only going to lose once? Yeah, right.
0: right. I mean, the, the, the favorable favorable thing for them is <clears throat> their schedule isn't that tough the rest of the way. Like, Florida really is the only tough game. And Stetson Bennett, as poorly as he played in that second half, he still is also aided by probably the best defense in, in the country. And they're not going to go up against that Alabama offense every week. So, like, the Florida game probably is the only game they would lose. But I just, I just don't. Trust Stetson Bennett. Like I, right. I feel bad saying that. He seems like a really nice guy, and he's got a great name for a Southern quarterback. Like anytime there's a the fourth or something in your name, like you're destined to be an SEC quarterback. But yeah, I I, I if I have to pick one team, I'm going. Uh, I think I'm going to go Penn State. Who's who's right. the one? If you have to pick one, who are you going?
1: I'm saying Florida because now that I think about it, I take them over Georgia, and and they hold close with Alabama. I think two losses is is not enough to like keep them out of the conversation you know because right I, if they beat a team that is in the conversation and barely lose to the team who is the best team in the you know like then I think it's good I think Kyle Trask can show that that a two loss team is still worthy of a spot it's going to depend on a lot of things I definitely think Penn State has a chance but I'm just I'm going to go with Florida that's the team I'm going to go with
0: yeah well and those two I mean they lost by three at Texas A&M like it's not a horrible loss I mean Texas A&M may be a horrible team by the end of it but i don't think they will be so it's not like i don't think that loss is really going to get held Is going to be is going to ha- like florida's not going to have that loss be held against them um that much right just because exactly. it's not that bad of a loss like it a it looks like a pretty solid team and they're always it's always a tough place to play so
1: right exactly all right well we'll see we'll see i mean i'm hoping penn state gets beaten by a couple more big 10 teams not gonna lie but you know we'll see yeah yeah <laughs> Honestly, I mean, obviously,
0: Iowa is clearly gonna just fly through the Big Ten, uh, trounce Ohio State, trounce tr- State, probably beat Clemson and Alabama. I know. mean,
1: I'm saying, Trevor, who right?
0: If Luca Garza me- could play football,
1: pff, what, lock what, up the
0: national title.
1: Give me he that. Can time. do anything.
0: Gosh, basketball season's gonna be rough because it is like for all listeners, because today just gonna be me just loving on Luca Garza so
1: much. Well, you know what? The country didn't love on him this last season, so we better love on him this season. Excuse me. Yeah, they got top screwed. Get out of here. Get out of here. Absolutely.
0: Let's move our way to basketball, Jan. Let's talk a little uh, finals review, of course. 4-2 series win for the Los Angeles Lakers over the Miami Heat to end the tumultuous 2019-2020 season and NBA bubble down in Orlando. LeBron James getting his fourth NBA championship adding a fourth finals MVP enters into a pretty illustrious group there. I, I think he's – is he the only – well, Jordan's got six. I think he's the only four-time winner. I think everyone else has three. Um, so I think it's second most finals MVPs now. Lakers themselves get their 17th championship. I would love at some point to talk about where the – like. I, I have an argument that the Lakers are the greatest sports franchise of all time. Not Ooh, here to debate okay. Lebron Jordan. You know where I stand. Lebron Jordan. It, it's a terrific accomplishment. Deserving win for him. Deserving win for the Lakers. And you know, you look to the next year. I, the Lakers not only a contender. I think they're certainly the favorite. Um, and I think they're favorite for kind of the foreseeable future, the next few years, where like Lebron could really cement his. I mean, I I, I don't think four rings is is where Lebron should end. With what they have, with you have the cornerstone of LeBron, you got Anthony Davis. I mean, if you have those two, if Davis keeps improving a little bit, uh, and you know, he can kind of pass the torch over while LeBron gets older, you still have two amazing players to to build around um and to make a team around. So definitely in favor next year. I think there's a lot of real threats. I kind of think there's more threats out of the East. I think the Bucks should still I mean the Bucs are still still should be good. Hopefully they'll add a little more to Giannis, but we know Giannis is still gonna be Giannis and that is a, a daunting task to take on. Your Celtics, you know, the question, can, can Tatum and, and Smart and Brown um, really take that next step? I hope they do because they are fun to watch. And then the, the Nets, you know, you get KD, Kyrie, extremely excited for the new season. Um, Jan, what were your kind of thoughts from the NBA Finals and, and what you're looking forward to in the the coming season? Whenever it will begin, it's
1: still kind of up in the air that way. Right, they're saying like Martin Luther King's Day would be would be good, and I was like, I'm so
0: sad. There's gonna be no uh, NBA basketball on
1: Christmas Day, though. Right, that's gonna blow. That's I love Christmas Day NBA basketball. Right, it's gonna be a sad Christmas for sure, Uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, Yeah, but I think, yeah, what a win by LeBron James. I mean, we we favored him the whole time. Every the whole country did. But I think there's something to be said about somebody who has all that pressure on him from day one, from the first basket that he makes and and like delivers. I mean, truly. Like we see we're seeing all these clips all over social media that are like, this is what LeBron James said one year ago. Like, this is what he said, like when he came to LA, and he just did all of it. And 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 I think that is kind of very indicative of who he is. You know, I I definitely Wherever you stand in the Michael Jordan-LeBron James debate, it's a 1A-1B conversation. I've been hearing that all day, it's just true. It's a 1A-1B conversation. It's no longer 1-2. And I think you're ridiculous if you think it's a 1-2, and you're allowed to favor 1-0 the over, but it's definitely, you know, they're both up there together. And I definitely think they're the favorites to win next year. I think they should, you know, win. The, the question remain, There's two questions for me about the Lakers. AD has all the qualities to to surpass in my opinion he has all the qualities needed to like step up and challenge Giannis for that defensive player MVP double like he does he has all the qualities there can he make that step or does LeBron still have to shoulder some of it you know if AD can make the step that we know he does and LeBron just gets to be LeBron the playmaker when I mean they're gonna win three straight they're gonna win three straight I mean they're they are so that's the big question for me what kind of you know, growth do we see from AD because he does have all that potential, and we saw it, you know, in the finals. We saw in the playoffs, but but there's still some questions. You know, can he really take take those two titles away? That's what I would love to see: is AD to take the MVP defensive player from from Giannis that's what I think his goal should be for next season and also they got to get rid of some of that like Rajon Rondo was a revelation you know playoff Rondo came to play which was really great but I mean Kyle Kuzma should go away I mean he didn't show anything in the playoffs and the Lakers yes like he's a good player sometimes and all of that but like if you're not going to show up in the NBA finals as a Los Angeles Laker you don't deserve to be there Right. So I just think they can trade him away, get a third player that's much more decent and consistent and then be better than they were. I just think that's the case. I, they're never, you know, with the contract and stuff that you're going to have for AD and Lib- obviously like you're not going to be able to get a star third player. But you can definitely get a decent guy who you can trust when things are going down on the perimeter, stuff like that. And, and I just don't think Kyle Kuzma is that guy. I mean, what, what did he show this playoff run that he's that guy? You know, Rondo I would even, true. I Rondo would even, I would shit. even like,
0: I would even with like Kuzma, like, yeah, get like, you want him to be your third scorer. And he is still like the only guy besides AD on LeBron on that team that can make his own shot. But like, if, if as a young guy, you can trade him away and get like a couple, I wouldn't even like try to do like a player for player thing. I'd be like, give me more role players. Like I don't need, I got LeBron. I got AD. I I don't, I don't really need a third player that like really, and then you can find a role player that can make shots. You can find a Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams type. Um, right. So, yeah, I just like – I I mean, I don't think there's any reason to, like, you know, force the trade, but I, I would explore trades for him if you can get something for him because, yeah, I, I don't think – I think he's shown that he can't really he, – he's serviceable, and if they keep him, they're not going to, like, be bad. Like, Kuzma's a fine player, but uh, I, I don't think, like, moving – he's not going to be the player that, that I think they kind of hoped his, his ceiling could show. But uh, I agree. I think? agree with yep. a, I agree with AD also. Who do you think? You know who's a free
1: agent this season? Who? Goran Dragic. Yeah, I Drive would love Goran Dragic. Like they saw how he plays. You know, he had the injury. They show how to hurt him. But like he's a great player. Won't cost a lot. I I, I would love Dragic to go to the late. I mean, what a player to pair with LeBron and and AD to really pick up the slack when they need it. Like I think that's great. I think that would be a great signing for them. Uh, I don't know how much you know,
0: but like, yeah, I, I, I think I'd get, they just—I get Bryn Forbes. I'd get, I get—I mean, I just think they need more consistent three-point shooting. There uh, you go. KC, KCP and Green can do it, but uh, they didn't I'm do it as well as they didn't really do. Now, it. They didn't
1: really
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he's also had probably the greatest three-point shooting game in Finals history. So oh, people fair. got short memories, but uh, they weren't. But they weren't. Cons- they weren't consistent last year. So, but you know, I mean. Maybe that was one of those things where, you know, we talked about before the playoffs of how the role players play better at home, particularly in the playoffs, and was being in the bubble, like not like if they'd been in the Staples Center, would that, you know, atmosphere have helped Danny Green and those role players kind of find their stride? Like did that affect it, which, I you know, remains to be seen kind of a tough thing to like measure, but. Stan Van Gundy back. So happy about that. Thunder still looking for a coach and a, and a Chris Paul trade. You think Chris Paul, any chance Chris Paul goes to LA? I
1: mean, that would be nice, right? And if there's somebody who could pull the strings to get Chris Paul to lower his salary a little bit, it would be LeBron. So I I could see it. And what a, pl- that, I mean, that would be unfair for the rest of the league. That would be, that would suck. That
0: seems, like, that seems like so many like strings to pull. Like, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to get paid like 40 mil this year. Right, it's it, like it's see, I, I, I don't see it happening.
1: Hey, you know, I, I, I don't either. But there's so many things that have happened that I've not seen happening. So it, it's hard to say. I, I, I but look, I mean, Chris Paul, he's he's on his last. I know he's supposed to get paid forty million, but he is on his last legs. He's only going to be effective a couple more years. Get a ring, Chris Paul. Get a ring. Do he it. Can, he can, but he
0: can get paid forty million dollars next year and still go get a ring. I I would see I, I, he can see out this contract and still go be a player on a team. He doesn't have to be the the Chris Paul of old. I think I think Chris Paul could go and do what Rondo or Alex Caruso did for the Lakers last year for a team. So I mean, forty million dollars. I, I that might not be the exact amount, but I'm pretty sure it's some absurd number. I don't think he'll be it's in OKC. Like yeah. but I, I just no, don't think no, the no, lake. No. I just don't think the Lakers have enough to like. I Even if they, like, make Chris Paul, like, p- get paid less, I don't think they would be able to do that until they, like, got him, and I don't think they would be able to make, like, trade away enough. And, like, and I don't think Chris Paul is worth trading for, really, right now. Like, I, yes, he showed with James Harden he can play the off guard, but end of the day, LeBron wants to play point guard right now, and Chris Paul is still better at point guard. Like, I know he, he did it in OKC as well with Gildress Alexander and – um the uh, gosh, I'm blanking on his name, Schroeder, um, where they were point guard combo, you know, stuff. But I don't know. I don't I don't see Chris Paul there. I don't know where he's going to go, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll see where he goes. That'll be really interesting to see who can pick up that number and still like be effective, Um, you know, who just needs like a Chris Paul character. But yeah, I, I mean, I agree with what you said. There, you know, it, it, it's hard to see what they're going to trade for, but like, I don't think they need to trade this year. I, I think I agree. Like, you know, maybe they get something for Kuzma, but get some more role players, but they're still the favorites to win. They should still win, provided in another team. You know, I mean, like, have- it
0: was Anthony Davis's first season there.
1: Right. Exactly. So
0: on second? Like, it's not like this team, like, this team still has room to grow.
1: Right. They do. You're absolutely right. And let's be honest about that first season. I don't even count it because of how injured LeBron was. I mean, it's not, it's not the same at all. So I, yeah, there's still so much room to grow. And, you know, I think the only question mark is, you know, out of the East, there's a lot of teams that are good. They'll beat up on each other. One team will come out that'll challenge them. But I think out of the West, the only question it remains to be seen is like, what do the Warriors do? You know, like how do they come back from this season? And I, it'll be good to see. I I just warriors.
0: I think like warriors and clippers. I think look like the challengers. I I, I think there's good question marks around them both. And then I think nuggets and mavericks. It's like can you can that elevated play that you guys brought to the playoffs? Can you bring that to the regular season? Which is which is a whole different thing. I mean, right. I think I think the Mavericks will get there eventually. I think with like with Doncic you're like it's going to happen. With the Nuggets it's you're like I you know, can can Jamal, I think Jokic can can play that well all the time. I mean, he kind of does. He's just kind of understated so we don't hear about it as much. Uh if Jamal can play at that elevated level, you know, and match it, they certainly become a contender, especially if other role players kind of get better. I mean, Monte Morris and and of course Porter. Uh so
1: a lot of good yeah, teams. I mean, even like some of the crappier teams are, are fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I loved watching the Atlanta Hawks and they sucked. But I, right. I, I love, I, I love me some Atlanta Hawks. because oh, you Trey
0: Young's gonna shoot a forty foot uh, three pointer and then not play any defense. It's it, what more can you want to
1: want to watch? What more can you want? Can, how bad will the Knicks be? the same amount it'll be great to watch Yikes. once again right yeah now i'm, already, I'm like, already getting my,
0: my yes network
1: uh subscription locked down so i can watch all the nets games there you go i mean nets are going to mm-hmm. be a topies contender in year one i'm calling it right now i i think steve nash they should be does a great job kd kyrie i would not want to be any team that plays the the nets in the playoffs and they'll make the playoffs don't you don't you worry about it so i you know celtics we talked about them they're you know they're up and coming but they've been up and coming so it's time for them to make that next step right i think the way that they make it is by trading gordon hayward for something i don't know what but like i just don't see gordon you know you talked about it and like I don't think he makes the team worse, but you're right. I don't see Gordon Hayward really helping that team since he got there. So, I I just think you can. He's still good enough where you can get something for him that you actually need. You know, yeah, like I like, agree. Like, I,
0: I agree. It's like because he, he's great, but it's like you know the way to maximize Gordon Hayward's talent for your team. Send him away so you can get uh, like other pieces and and just give the ball to the other guys. I would love like, to get another I mean, big. Not gonna hurt, like, you're not going to hurt your team to have Gordon Hayward, but.
1: And it could free up some cap space. I mean, like they are paying Gordon Hayward a a decent amount of money, right? And and the and the important thing should be, you know, getting another player. Fine, but the important thing should be making sure you have Tatum, Brown, and Smart together for the foreseeable future. You know, if you're in Boston, so I I do think that that is kind of the priority. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. They have to make that step. You know, we had two conference semifinals that you know, one we should we could have won, one we were going to lose, but still played well in against the Cavs. You know, I, I, I think, you know, next year's the year. And it's going to be harder than ever because the Bucks are out there that they need to prove something. You know, the 76ers are out there. They need to prove something. The Nets are out there. Yeah, they need to prove. Yeah, Nets are out there. They're going to be good. Heat are still Jimmy Butler. Raptors aren't going to fall player. over for anybody. Raptors aren't going to fall over for anybody. The Pacers are going to be still, you know, just it's a good division. It's a good, good Oh division the, the division
0: besides the Knicks the division's stacked like you're like you got just the, the solid Raptors which even if they lose Van Vliet, will still I think be very very good and uh I kind of think he stays and then you got Sixers who I think will improve with Doc and then the Nets and the Celtics who should be you know title contenders and then the lowly lowly Knicks oh the
1: Knicks just, yeah I mean oh. we 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 will will cherish every win we get but one day they'll be good again and we can have all this behind us what do we think about the Clippers they get Ty Lu they absolutely need to win this year what do we do <laughs> I don't I, I mean
0: I think I don't think they need to win this year I think they need to realize that like winning an NBA championship isn't just like put together like it takes more than just like putting it all together like Balmer as an owner is done doing this like really quick and like it just feel it. It feels like they don't understand the process that it really takes to like build a champion, and I think that's what's going to hurt them again this year because I right. think there is going to be pressure to win, right? Per, especially like mostly just because of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's contracts, like the fact that they they will be free agents next summer, so that just automatically does put pressure on you anyway. But I think you know, hopefully, you you had would have the you know belief in your team and your franchise to sell it on them that like be like no we can build something really really good and really really special and win a ton of championships but it's
1: not gonna happen like that like i think they want and expected it to this year right i mean i think the only result that they can hope for is a championship series or going out to the lakers in like a good series because they should not be losing to really any other team you know what i mean like i think the west is great don't get me wrong but the way that the clippers are built and now that, you know, Balmer came out and made this huge statement about Ty Lu is like, we wanted the best and the best is Ty Lue. All right. Well, like I guess we'll see. I don't, <laughs> that's such a yeah. statement to make. I mean, I, I, I mean, if I, you think, I so. love it.
0: I mean, I love, I like, I love the vote of support for your coach, but <laughs> not sure. Not sure I agree not with you sure, there. Not,
1: Come on. That's ridiculous. I mean, it's <laughs> not ridiculous. Ty Lue's great, but like, the, you wanted the best and the best was Ty Lue? Like, that's, yeah. That sounds like I mean, look, bad. he's
0: a solid coach, but I don't think any of us are looking at the back of the 2016 NBA finals and being like, man, that Cavaliers comeback. Hell of a coaching job by Ty Lue. Right, no. Yeah. I don't like think that's so. the nature of the beast. But yeah, should be a good another NBA season. Hopefully we'll be able to actually make it to some games. Uh, and congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers, Mr. LeBron James, the GOAT. Let's turn our heads to the baseball diamond. Another champion. She'll be crowned soon. A couple of games played. Jan, why don't you kind of update us on what's going on with the World Series?
1: Right. Well, you know, game one happened, and we thought, oh, boy, here we go. Get your brooms out. You know, we, we thought from day one who's going to win, and they, they, you know, Dodgers grabbed game one. But the other day, Rays grabbed gate, uh, game two. We are tied 1-1 going into a game three tomorrow night. I mean, all the stars have come out to play, Matt. It's just everything you could want. In game one, Mookie Betts, Clayton Kershaw. We talked about Clayton Kershaw. Can he erase the demons of the past? He came and delivered eight eight strikeouts, one earned run in six innings. Had the uh, bat support from Corey Seager, you know, from uh, Cody Bellinger, and mostly from Mookie Betts, who went two for four with one home run, two runs, two stolen bases, He's a so main, good. Main job. He is so good. As a Red Sox fan, I'm I'm shitting my pants every time I, I see him. I hate my I, life.
0: Then how do you trade him? I mean, oh. I hate
1: my life. I hate my life, Matthew. It's terrible. Anyway, uh the Dodgers won game 1, emphatic 8 to 3 win. They blew out Tyler Glasnow, who's a decent pitcher. So it kind of looked like, man, this is going to get bad. But then in game 2, Blake Snell uh, came to you know he came to throw he had nine strikeouts he was pulled in the fifth after giving up a two-run shot but you know he did enough got the Rays past the Dodgers six to four and Brandon Lowe showed up he hadn't been we talked about it. he hadn't been showing up in the postseason he was the best hitter in the regular season in this game he had two hits two runs two home runs three RBIs just did really really well that's what the Rays need him or Rosarina to really step it up and the rest will come with some good pitching uh, Corey Seager got a home run in that game. It's home run number seven, which is the most for any shortstop in a single postseason. Uh, in a single postseason. So good for him. He's playing like crazy. Him and Rosarina in this game together. I mean, battle of the bats right there between the two teams. But man, game three, if this isn't... I'm, ta- I'm talking right now. Whoever wins game three is going to win the World Series because it's just the best pitchers in the postseason for both these teams facing off it is walker bueller it is charlie morton it is it's gonna be a low scoring game and whoever can eke it out is gonna have the win i mean i'm excited we got a series that goes to at least five games now and this is going to be exciting because charlie morton was the only pitcher that looked even remotely competent against the astros and he really got it done with two wins and walker bueller we know what he's done he took over kind of the mantle for clayton kershaw Ah, man, two great pitchers, and that's what you want to see in a World Series. You want to see two pitchers dueling into the sixth inning, my friend.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before. This series, both these teams truly epitomize the age-old mantra of you win in October through pitching. They've got incredible pitching staffs, great starting pitching, the bullpen for the Rays. I mean, like you said, Snell got pulled in the fifth, but they have so many guys to throw at you. Um, just through that bull t- bullpen, uh, utility players that that make their pitching staff just so dangerous to go up against. Um, even like specialties, like I, I think they had one guy in, like you know, for one against one batter last night. Um, which you know, when a team can do that and like trust that many arms, it, it makes them tough to beat. So we knew the Rays were never gonna, you know, lay down and, and take it. I, I picked it at four one. I'm gonna stay with four one. But um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad the Rays got that win. It was a good one. Dodgers didn't give up though, um, and I just think I just think the Dodger bats eventually, because the pitching is. I think the Rays do have the advantage in pitching, but I think it's even enough where the, the the hitting of the Dodgers will, in the end, win out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I definitely think like this wasn't like a blowout win like it was for the Dodgers in Game One for the Rays. I mean, the only reason they got they didn't give up the lead was because Snell did so well and just into the, you know, into the fifth. But, like, I also, yeah, just the Dodgers are too good, man. I, they're not going to lose. I, and you know what's going to happen? Clayton Kershaw is going to win the World Series. Clayton Kershaw is going to start, and he's going to win the World Series. Let's just all say it now. Let's all get ready for it. Clayton Kershaw is going to win the World Predicting it world series they're not going to start him until you the just mean game. you just mean in G- oh you mean he's going to get the clinching game he's going to get the clinching game he did what he had wow. to in game one they're going to save him until the clinching game if if he goes into the clinching game and loses oh it's over his career is <laughs> over oh boy and he did so well in game one too
0: <laughs> yeah exactly people would be like who cares about game one
1: Right, exactly. Even oh. if it was
0: even if it was like the Dodgers were up like 3-1 and it was a clinching game, if he went and just like shit the bed, he would uh, – I do feel bad for him, but it kind of is uh, warranted a little bit. But yeah, right. series is tied up, 1-1. Looks like it's going to be a good one. Will the Dodgers finally break through and get that World Series they've been so close to getting these last few years? Or will Tampa Bay add their first World Series and uh, the second championship for the city this year? Party with the Lightning. yeah! let's go on over to the Champions League. All stars are gonna start in a random order just because I'm gonna start us. I'm gonna start with good old uh group E um had just ties this week. Um group looks like like most likely to, to block Sevilla from their pardon me, I worded that word. This group looks like it's gonna block Sevilla from its beloved Europa League competition. Uh I don't see Sevilla getting third in this group. They did tie Chelsea as I mentioned in their first one to, to only get a point, but locomotive Moscow and Red Bull Salzburg, or no, that's your group. Ha. Um, the um, Krasnodar and Rens, um don't really, you know, look like the most dangerous sides. So kind of a straightforward one. I'm going to go with Sevilla to win this group. Uh, like I said, they got the tie at Stanford bridge, which if you're going to win the group, that's the way to do it. Um, and I do think Chelsea will get second group F. Laszlo or La- Lazio. What is wrong with me? Laszlo? Yeah. Even when I said it, is I think there is a t- no, I was I was thinking of Malmo. Man. Now I'm just gonna always think of Lazio as Laszlo.
1: <laughs> Laszlo. I love that. <laughs> what a, love what Laszlo. a
0: terrifying team to play. Like who are you playing today? Laszlo. Huh. Okay.
1: That,
0: that just one guy?
1: <laughs> it's one Not Nah, FC. They're they're incredible. Oh my goodness. But Lazio
0: getting started on the right foot in Group F with their first Champions League win, win in over a decade. They took down Borussia Dortmund 3-1 to in Rome. Those two look like the favorites in the group, uh, and I'm actually going to still go with Dortmund to win this group. Um, but I, I got Lazio going second with that early win. Zenit St. Petersburg I think could have uh, given them a run for second, but after an opening loss to Club Bruges and Lazio's great start. I think it'll be Dortmund with winning the group and Lazio, the Roman side, joining them to the knockout round. Group G, one of the more f- straightforward groups uh, and started pretty straightforwardly with wins by Barcelona and Juventus. Uh, even with the Barca struggles, I don't really see Dynamo Kiev really challenging them, although Ukrainian sides have, have already tested the Spanish sides. Uh, but I think more for this group, it's you know if Juve want to be the Champions League winning side that they think they are they got to prove it in this group, especially against a Barca side that we all kind of consider lesser than than most Barca sides. So I think Juventus needs to show in both their games against Barca that they are not just the better team, but the far superior team. I do have Juve winning this group in Barcelona, getting second. And finally, Group H, the group holding my beloved Manchester United. Of course, me and Jan kind of mentioned it earlier. It's a good week for both our teams. A dream start for Man U uh, and what many think is kind of the group of death uh Rashford heroic again in Paris with a goal in the 87th minute earns him three big points uh at Paris Saint-Germain in the 2-1 win. I think in the end that Paris Saint-Germain has uh, too much talent and and you know United's consistency worries me, so I think uh PSG will win the group. I do have United getting second. I don't know if I would have said that before, you know, if we had been making these kind of predictions before the the win at Paris. I I might've gone Leipzig, but I think that win at Paris just helps set them up better. And it also, you know, is, is bad for Leipzig because now Paris needs to get those points against, against that side, uh, even more so since they dropped them against United. So yeah, those are, uh, groups E through H Jan. Why don't you take us through the other four groups that got underway in the Champions League?
1: Right. Well, this is my, uh, this is my episode, uh, Announcement that I'm talking about Bayern. So this is your announcement that I will be talking about Bayern. This is allowed. This is uh, this is allowed I mean, right it now. It's all allowed, but yeah, it's not frowned upon as much as usual. <laughs> yeah, when it, when the topic is a byron game
0: or you know standing, right? It
1: there you go. Uh, I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. uh so Group A, um. Pretty straightforward, it looks. You know, it's got Lokomotiv, Moscow, Arbe Salzburg, you know, two teams that aren't going anywhere except for the Europa League. And then you have Bayern Munich, you know, obviously treble winner, and Atletico Madrid, uh, former Champions League finalists, winners of so many different things, and and bane of Bayern's existence in in past Champions League. So the first game between Bayern and Atletico was really going to set the tone, and Bayern crushed them. It was 4-0. I mean, it wasn't even close. This was a game where Serge Nauberi was out because of COVID-19. This was a game where Alfonso Davies didn't come in until the 70th minute. This was a game where Leroy Sané was out through injury, and they still crushed them. It is ominous for any team going up against Bayern. Obviously, Atletico Madrid did not play a really weird game. They had a couple chances. What did to- you think of that Jau- that Jao Felix goal that was called offsides? It was offside. I don't I didn't have any thought Aww. about it. It was offside. Yeah. Disagree. No, uh, it was offside. It, it, I mean, granted, like I think the offside rule with VAR is a little questionable. I you know, but like there was enough offside. I don't know what to say. There was enough offside. No, you're allowed good. to think that. I'm just saying I'm Right. I mean it's a different game then, but uh not too much different because four zero can only say so much. But they win four zero in the first game. Great start for their, you know, kind of Champions League retaining. Uh, plaudits that they want to go for and yeah they already have a foot in the in the in the first place arena um locomotive in Salzburg neither one even wins so that just puts them out of the running not that they were even really in it uh you know Bayern's gonna finish first Atletico Atletico Madrid's gonna finish second that's pretty straightforward uh if Atletico had done something against Bayern would have questioned it but it puts the goal differential in Bayern's favor as well and they're just gonna crush the other two teams so that's how group A is looking. In group B, we kind of have a low-key group of death, which was aided by the events of game day one. We have Borussia Mönchengladbach, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, and Shakhtar Donetsk. Dude, and... I definitely thought this was the group of death. Well, yeah, I mean, it was between this and between your group. For sure, those were the two groups that it was between. And my goodness, what a start. Shakhtar Donetsk, got stunning Real Madrid, 3-2. And Borussia Mönchengladbach in the same way, stunning Inter Milan with a two-two draw. So I mean, this group is going to be good. Shakhtar on t- on top currently. You know, and, and you, you want to say Inter Milan, Real Madrid, going to finish one-two somehow is still, but uh, it's hard to say. I still, I think Inter Milan goes goes through. I definitely do, and I think Gladbach doesn't go through. Uh, but it, it remains to be seen how Shakhtar does. I think. No, nah, who wins the group? Who gets second? Right. Don't give me, me, me this. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. So I think it remains to see what Shakhtar does. I think they have the skill to beat Gladbach on a normal day. So they're going to have to beat Inter at least once in order for me to give them a chance. However, it's game one. You still have five games that you can lose straight against. I mean, you think about it. They have to play Madrid, Gladbach, Inter. Madrid, you know, like Gladbach, Inter. Like, that's just it. Like, those are, those are five games that they could easily lose straight. By like easy margins. So, I, I, and, and if you watch the Shakhtar game, they stunned Madrid with some counters, fine. But like Madrid, they held on by the skin of their teeth. Gladbach had a great game against Inter Milan, but like Lukaku's still on fire. I still think Inter Milan's a great team. So I'm going to go Inter Milan one because of this, this, this tie at the beginning. I think Madrid goes two. I don't think Madrid can, can, uh, I don't think they can afford to go out in the group stage. I think Zinedine Zidane God, will be like yeah. knocked out of, of Madrid, like with pitchforks.
0: will will be allowed back into Spain.
1: Right. So uh, yeah, I think that's what happens. Uh, Inter Milan first, Real Madrid second, but it's going to be an interesting road there for sure. In group C, you have par- possibly the most straightforward and the least, co- like the least uh, clear uh, situations in the same thing. First of all, you have the easiest group for a team with, with Manchester City, you know, kind of having Olympiacos, Marseille, and Porto, they're clearly the best team. They breeze past Porto in their first game, which was, I think, going to be their hardest game. So, you know, that's kind of what states there. But who's going to win second? You don't really know. Olympia got, Olympiacos grabbed a surprise 1-0 win over Marseille. Marseille, I think, is the better team. I think they're more compact. I think they have more fluidity within them because the players have played there a lot. Um, but they're also known for being super inconsistent sometimes. So it's hard to say. I'm going to give the edge to Porto. While Man City beat them pretty easily, I think Porto showed a lot of heart. I love Portuguese teams in the Champions League. They just happen to do better for some reason. So I'm going to go Manchester City 1, Porto 2. Obviously, the games against Marseille will be the deciders, but I just don't think Olympiacos has what it takes to keep winning in this group. And they're going to get two losses against Man City, so that's that.
0: Dude, uh, the Portuguese teams do do really well. Do you know that Porto... Uh, has played. I heard this watching the City Porto game the other day. They played the third most group stage games in Champions League history. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. I,
1: I, you know, I've been to the Estadio Dragão where they play home games when I went to Portugal when I was a kid. I've, I've been on the field and it's be- beautiful. It's crazy. So, uh, that's, uh, one of my cherished memories from when I was a kid, but yeah, I mean, I think Porto finished the second. I just, they're like I said, Portuguese teams do better. They're a compact team. They're a good team. Marseille does not help themselves with this one-zero loss to a team they should have beaten. So, Man City one, Porto two. Let's go to Group D. Another low-key group of death. You know, Liverpool, Ajax, Atalanta. Three great teams. Ajax can do whatever they want with their youth talent. Atalanta, we've talked about, underrated as hell. And Liverpool not performing necessarily at Liverpool standards this season and having lost Virgil van Dijk, right? So how does everything happen? Well, Atalanta, oh, sorry, there's a fourth team I should mention, but, I, you know, poor Swedish teams, Midyajand. I mean... Moneyball. I mean, yeah, I mean, Midyajand, they're happy to be there. Hey, they're you know? Danish. Oh, they're Danish, sorry, you're right, Danish, Danish, Danish. <laughs> That's how much, Yeah. But you know the new the newbies, you know they're they're happy to be there. You know they'll they'll be happy to be, they get crushed by Atalanta in the first game. Liverpool only beats Ajax on an own goal, so that is something an early own goal too. So uh, you know that's something to keep in mind. I'm gonna go Atalanta finishes first. Liverpool finishes second in this one. Wow, I gosh. think Atalanta is just the more informed team. I think Virgil van Dijk's injury hurts Liverpool, depending on how long he's out. I think Atalanta beats them in one game ties the second probably. Yeah. So I like Atalanta in this group. I just like the way they've come out, the way they've come out in the Serie A as well. Um, obviously Liverpool can, can win the group. That's not saying that they can't. Uh, and I think IX will be the odd man out, but we'll see, you know, we'll see. I just think like when you get a result like that, where you only lose by an own goal in the first game, it's a foreboding kind of imagery to have, you know, I think it's like, oh, well, if you just tied that first game, that would have, that was the point that could have gotten you. So I I think it's definitely uh, unfortunate for Ajax. But, yeah, I mean, in group of death, there is no unfortunate. There's just a lucky one. So there you go. I think Atalanta grabs the uh, group win in Group D over Liverpool, but Liverpool still progress. And we might see a Bayern Munich-Liverpool round of 16 game again. And that's what I'm hoping for because I want to play them and I want to crush them. And that's how we know that we're back on track. (laughs) there you that we're go back, that we're back on track
0: well you know what i mean because there he want- is there's no talking about liverpool and
1: it's still there you made it still about byron well in liverpool's win they won against byron in round of 16 and that's how they were like announced themselves as the favorites and that's we're the favorites already but like i that's how i want it to happen that's how i want it to happen I'm so greedy <laughs> that's what you have to be gotta be greedy when it's there
0: <laughs> that that's not a saying
1: it is now.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, well, there's the, the start of the Champions League. Should be a good season. Byron's certainly looking like the favorite to repeat after that dominating win, but we'll see. It's still still early. All the teams kind of getting off the rust. As we know, the the leagues have started strange, so we'll see if there's uh, a few upsets in the Champions League, maybe some unexpected teams to the knockout round. Jan, let's make our way over to the NFL, make some picks for this week. Just to let everyone know, uh Yannick is currently eight and seven and I am ten and six. Oh. So you're picking oh. one more you're picking one more game than me this week, so then we'll be level, but you're not far behind. It's That's close. True. Neither That's true. neither of us are doing like stellar. we neither of us is doing too poorly either. Yeah, yeah. Oh, above five hundred. We'll take that all day. We'll take that. Yeah. All we're at right, the NFT East. <laughs> right. Yes, true. True. That is hmm. – well, those are just – those are all the picks we keep getting right. It's like, well, whoever's playing the NFC East, they'll win, which is why NFC East interdivision games are so tough. Like, I, Right. No one? Can they, can they both lose? Is that
1: is that possible?
0: All the right, Yann, why don't you uh, pick the first game for us,
1: make our way through the action this weekend. Right. Okay. Well, I'm starting – and I mean, not an upset, I wouldn't say, but – I'm starting my picks with the sl- with with picking against picking against the spread here a little bit. I, I I have the Detroit Lions versus the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons at uh favored at minus two point five. You know, I I'm taking Detroit in this one. And there's one specific reason I'm taking Detroit. First of all, I mean, two reasons. Kenny Galladay's finally healthy, and we saw what he can do with just four catches, 105 yards in the last game. Big help to Stafford, for sure. But then also, they found out how to use D'Andre Swift in that last game. They really did. And they've been needing to use him since Game 1, and they haven't. And now Matt Patricia leans on him, which he should have done from the beginning— and that kind of changes the tide for the Lions. No, he dropped. He dropped that winner against the Bears, and then you're right. He dropped got, the winner. Got thrown and got thrown into the dog, doghouse. Right, but he had a great game, and, and I've thought he's very much like Clyde Edwards Hilaire this whole time. You know, coming out of Georgia, I, I I've always liked him, so I think he's going to kind of be the focal point of that of that checkdown offense, and then open up the big plays for Kenny Galladay uh, down the field. And I think I think uh, Detroit grabs this one. I really do. I think. Uh, they grab this one, uh, not by a lot. I say by like a field goal, uh, but but I think that Detroit wins this one against the Atlanta Falcons. Nice.
0: Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, I guess I guess it makes sense that Atlanta's favorite by by that little being at home, but I uh, Detroit's Detroit's a weird team, but I but I think they're definitely better than than Atlanta. I will. Uh, I'll start with my Packers going up against the Texans. They're a three and a half point favorite. Texans are a scary team for being one in five, but you know, that's what you get when you have Deshaun Watson, at quarterback, like the the team is, is going to be in every game because that is the kind of player that he is, you know, tough week last week for green Bay. I think they really need to respond a loss here, especially against a one in five team drastically changes kind of the outlook of this season for green Bay. You know, two weeks it goes from, are they the best team to the, in the NFC to all right, what, what the hell is this team? Um, so I, I think that urgency um, and, and the desire to bounce back will, will get the Packers the win and they'll cover the three and a half point spread.
1: Love that. Yeah, I definitely love that. I think that's a great pick. And uh, yeah, I think that they're, the Texans are the team to to uh, get them back on track. Deshaun Watson's great, but, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers has a chip on his shoulder going to go into this one and uh, hopefully be the you know quarterback we expect him to be and not the one that throws two picks. Anyway, I'm going to go to a big one. In my next pick, you're right. It's the Buffalo Bills versus the New York Jets. I'm kidding. I'm not going to go to the big one yet. It's the Buffalo Bills versus the New York Jets. Uh, The Buffalo Bills favored by 13 in this game. My goodness. That is crazy to me. I saw that. I thought you mistyped something. I'm not going to lie. It almost feels low. It's crazy, though. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're favored by 13. They're going to win and cover the spread against i'll argue again the worst team in nfl history i'm i called it before jets are going to finish 0 and 16 and be worse than the other 0 and 16 teams i i just they're that bad they really are and joe flacco doesn't make them any better even a little bit he's going to get that little passer you know achievement that he needs to and that's going to be it but uh this is also josh allen revenge game you know he lost to mahomes a lot of talk you know can he beat mahomes he did not uh, deliver what he was supposed to and i i think he's gonna really beat up on the jets to, to to seal like the comeback so i see the bills winning by like 25 points in this one and uh they cover the spread
0: yeah they've had a couple of, of tough games in a row with the chiefs and and the titans so nice uh nice change of pace to uh go up against the new york jets instead that's fair all right it's the ohio rivalry Cleveland Browns against the Cincinnati Bengals Browns three-point favorite the Browns I mean they are who they are I everyone wants to praise them when they beat the teams that they should beat, and then when they lose to teams that are better than them everyone acts like they're the worst team ever like that they're not a Super Bowl contender are they a playoff team absolutely like the, this team should clearly make the playoffs but no they're not where the Ravens or the Chiefs or the Steelers or the Titans are at right now they, they just aren't um and, you know, this would normally be one of the easier ones, but we've seen, you know, Burrow and the Bengals, they've looked strong so far. It's hard to lose by less than three, but, but I think the Bengals are going to get it done. So I, I think Cleveland wins, but the Bengals lose by a point. It's it's really, really close as Burrow and, and Cincinnati just kind of keep playing better.
1: Right. I mean, yeah, we love Burrow. The Bengals, T. Higgins coming out big for them. Joe Mixon, good player, you know, they can do anything. And I, yeah, but I, I agree. They're, the Browns... Yeah, I've written them off. You know, we'll see what they do, but I've written them off. Anyway, uh, let's go to my upset pick of the week. That's right. The Seattle Seahawks play the Arizona Cardinals in an NFC interdivision battle. The Seahawks are favored by three and a half points, and it's Kyler Murray versus Russell Wilson in a battle of newbie mobile quarterbacks and veteran mobile quarterbacks. So who wins? Well, hot take alert. The Cardinals ruin the Seahawks' perfect season record. Exploit that defense finally. I don't know if picking an upset is a hot take. It is a hot take. I'm saying the 5-0 Seahawks, they lose. They ex- That defense gets exploited finally, which we've been waiting for. You know, they're not a good defense. They get exploited. You know, I think we saw the Cardinals kind of clicking the gear against Dallas. Uh, obviously, Dallas not in a formidable team, but I think it was good for them to find their Their offense, Christian Kirk, finally popped off, which everyone was waiting for that for a million, billion years. So I I think the Cardinals have a lot of weapons. I think they take advantage of the Seahawks' defense. I think on the other side, Buddha Baker, Cardinals' defense, you know, hits up a little bit on Wilson. And even though he cooks still, I think he falls short. I have the Cardinals winning by a field goal. I like it. It's a a big game
0: for for Arizona. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, against Dallas, they – when that, when that offense is clicking and, and hitting on all cylinders, they look particularly dangerous. And, I mean, gosh, that DeAndre Hopkins trade is <laughs> – like it just looks better and better, which I don't even know I how. I don't it. even know how it gets better and better because he's, he started off as good as you'd want him to. But should be a good one between the small mobile quarterbacks. I'm going to go down to the NFC South. It's the Panthers against the Saints. New Orleans favored by seven points here. Panthers, far exceeding expectations so far, sitting 3-3, three and three, while the Saints have kind of done a bit of the opposite. Even though they're 3-2 and two and only a half game out of first in their division, it just feels like the Saints have been underwhelming so far. Um, and in this game, going up against Teddy Bridgewater, it's hard not to imagine what uh, this Saints offense might look like with him under center, as opposed to Drew Brees. I think it would be a more dangerous version of the offense. I do think the Saints win. Uh, I think they're able to make enough plays at home. but much closer than seven points so I think the Panthers easily cover that spread Teddy Bridgewater's going to want to show the Saints what they could have had I mean like I I I understand why the Saints did stay with Drew Brees uh, a bit but at the same time um, had a pretty good guy there that you could have turned to and and maybe found your next franchise quarterback much easier than than you normally do
1: right yeah interesting game there I like your pick but Interesting game for sure. I I I definitely am excited to watch it. It's very a lot of intriguing matchups happening up and down the field. Uh, I'm gonna go to my boys next. They play the 49ers. It's Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, playing Bill Belichick, and I see this as a must-win game for the Patriots and for the 49ers. You know, I you know, Patriots are two and three. They are behind the Dolphins and behind the Bills. You know, Dolphins starting two and now, which we. I think we can agree is a little early, but still, you know, who knows where that kind of elevates them.
0: Man, I feel bad for Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: Oh boy. I cried when I read that stuff. Are you kidding me? Ryan Fitzpatrick's whole, like I beat up about it. I didn't expect yeah. it either. I was like, Oh, you know, they had a conversation. Oh, you know, they did. Nope. Apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently Fitzpatrick was like, Hey, so you know how he came in the last two minutes? Well, that was actually the end of your career here and i was like that sucks apparently
0: apparently, like i there's i don't know the full specifics but it got out to the media before flores told the team so like and flores has already come out and said he's like i'm gonna talk to the team and and i apologize he's like that's on me that's a huge that that can't be allowed to happen um which i you know respect him for that but yeah that's like that's horrible i mean to get benched especially when you're playing as well as he was like Fitzpatrick was, I think, like the fifth best fantasy quarterback, and had them at three and three. Like, was playing really, really well, and so to get blindsided like that, especially not getting it from your coach, would it would suck. Like these, these dudes are competitors. Like they all, you have to have a chip on your shoulder to be where they're at. Like they, they've been sliding in some way, and they've wanted to prove somebody wrong. Like so that sucks right. for for Mister Fitzpatrick.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what's going to happen, Matt. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. How's the Eagles game going? How's the Eagles game going right now? They're, 10 to they're seven. Winning. Okay. Eagles so and I th- half. I think the Eagles lose this game. I think the Eagles <laughs> You gotta are- pick your
0: Patriots game. We'll get we'll go we'll go late. We're, okay, we're getting off topic. Okay. pick the okay. Patriots game.
1: All right. Well, it's a must-win game, you know, because the Patriots are in that 2-3 position. They have to prove their offense a little bit, but you know, it's not gonna be in this game, but they have they have a lot to figure out. You know, it's a disgusting game against the Broncos. They have a lot to figure out. And the 49ers while they don't have the worst record in the world, they're in a division where they're going to get beat up on by these other teams at this point, you know? And so I think they need a win anywhere they can get it, and they should be able to win against the Patriots. The Patriots are favored by two, but that's on the defense of the Patriots. That's like that, you know? And and I don't think it's going to be that straight... You know, two points is not straightforward, but I don't think it's going to be easy for the Patriots for sure. However, I'm going against, you know... Some of my fears and going with my team. I think the Patriots win, cover the spread. You know, Mostert is out. I think the cornerbacks are, ha, have gotten it all week from Belichick about how bad they, they did in that first game. And we've talked about it. Bill Belichick plays good, well against three types of players rookies, which we don't have, so we don't have to worry about that. But players that he knows, which he knows Jimmy Garoppolo, who used to play for the Patriots. And he's good against teams that have one big weapon, and that's the 49ers. They have George Kittle they take George Kittle not out of this game but hold him to a modest game i would say and i think that is the only way of the 49ers like really beating up on this defense i think Cam Newton probably rushes it in late for the win for the patriots they win and cover the spread
0: i bet i have a feeling that game is going to be probably not as gross as denver new england but i i think it's going to be gross I, both those both those both those offenses just like don't look all that sharp and both defenses are strong. Um I mean the Niners were struggling, but they had that was a nice win against against the Rams. That's a that's a big kind of bounce back win, especially as you say, like in that division it's so tough. Rams were sitting four and one. So that kind of win was was huge for them. But yeah, I I, I kind of agree. I think it's a must win for both those teams. I'm gonna go to we already mentioned you know the Eagles, Giants. I'm gonna go to the other exciting NFC East matchup, uh matchup that is between the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team. Woo. The Cowboys are favored by 1 point. It is uh you know depending kind of what happens tonight, a battle for the top of the division. I hate what a that. what a sad sentence. Oh, you know, it, it, even with Dalton, the Cowboys, you know, they have a lot of weapons. They got they got Cooper, they got Gallup, they got CeeDee Lamb, they got Ezekiel Elliott. They like you should be able to run the ball with him. Uh Washington's D-line certainly can make trouble. Biggest thing for me is uh, this Dallas locker room is like in shambles already. Like the, the the talking about the coaching staff and all this stuff. Like this, isn't that this team, crazy? This team is like, and and it's a, even more explosive for a team like Dallas that ESPN talks about twenty four seven. Like if this had happened to the Bengals, it wouldn't get talked about near as much as it's going to with Dallas. So it's going to affect them more. I kind of I. I, kinda, I <laughs> I just don't I, – I don't know if Dallas is all there. And, and some of that is, you know, on them. Some of it's just like, you know, losing Dak is a killer. But I'm going to go Washington. I, I think the Washington football team steals a win here. And I actually had – I mean, I know I picked Dallas to win the division, but who knows. But I'm going to take Washington in this one.
1: Right. I think Chase Young has a coming out party and sacks Andy Dalton about three times in this one, honestly. Like, not that he hasn't been good already, but I think – I think he's going to bully that offensive line for sure. And um, yeah, poor Dallas. They can't get a break. They can't get a break this season, unfortunately. Um, Not that I love Dallas by anything, but you know, that happens. Um, I'm going to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who play the Oakland Raiders. You heard it here, Matt. The Bucs are the best team in that division in the NFC South. Just believe it already. They are. So, they play a Raiders team that I think is an AFC dark horse, you know, and believe that as well. You, I mean, Derek Carr is decent. He has something to prove, but he's on the track. Josh Jacobs we talked about is a phenom. If Henry Ruggs can get it going, watch out, because him and Darren Wall are going to make that offense even more dangerous. You know, the Bucks are favored by four. I'm taking the Bucks to cover the spread just because of their dominant defense. You know, they showed it against the Packers. I think it was more... A coming out party for that defense than it was Rodgers being necessarily poor in that game <clears throat> also raiders have a lot of injuries on the defense in this game so i think brady will be able to exploit that i think they have like five or six players out so i'm gonna take the bucks in this one something funny to note though the bucks can't get healthy either i mean you want to hear the list of players that they have injured mike evans chris godwin scotty miller and robert gronkowski are all questionable lol lol what else is new So I'm taking the bucks in this one could be an ugly game, but I think Tom Brady gets it done.
0: Yeah. We'll see if that game even happens with, with everything that's going on with the Raiders and their offensive line. So hopefully it does. I know they've already moved it from the Sunday night game to a midday Sunday game where they might have to push it to Monday, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, KC division battle with the Denver Broncos, huge win for the Broncos last week against the, the Patriots. KC themselves responded from their loss to Vegas with a, a nice strong win against Buffalo. You know, Denver's defense, of course, as I said, very stout against New England, but their offense is not much, and and you're going to need a lot more than six field goals to hang with number 15 in red for Kansas City. So I, I think the Chiefs roll by Denver in this one. They, they clear that nine-and-a-half point spread easily and, and get a, a nice win in the mile-high city.
1: Yeah, I th- I agree I think that one's pretty straightforward I mean the Broncos didn't look good either in that Patriots game they just didn't look as bad as the Patriots so I don't think that's a big uh, like very indicative of them you know being on the rise or anything like that uh I'm gonna go to my fit I'm gonna call this my pleasure pick of the week my pleasure pick Matt I don't
0: know if I don't know if I like that
1: why it's my I, it's my, my it's pleasure pick, pick it's the pick that gives me pleasure it's I, the pick I that don't gives like me
0: it now at all. we are workshopping names
1: oh my goodness okay so the bears you're gonna like this the bears play the rams and the rams are favored by six points but here's what's gonna happen on monday night football matthew the rams are gonna crush the chicago bears and expose them for the team they are nick Foles is gonna get sacked three times by Aaron Donald and a great performance for the defensive player who's already said that he wants to sack Nick Foles real bad, you know, and that's not something you want to hear Aaron Donald say, because Aaron Donald already wants to sack everybody, let alone like picking out a quarterback. He wants to sack. That's crazy. You know, this is a personal pick because I think the bears like they can tell me all they want about getting the gritty wins. And I'm, I'm not saying that they're like not a playoff team, but I just, I'm tired of hearing it. So I think the Rams are going to dominate them. They're secondary. The bears is not as good as, as people will have you believe and I think they're going to start to the Rams' offense is going to exploit it. I think Cooper Cup, Robert Woods have big games in this one, and I think the Bears lose by twenty. Wow, that's a that's
0: a, that's a bold prediction. There you go, there you go. It's no respect for the Bears defense. No
1: respect, none. Absolutely. <laughs> I do
0: I mean, I don't mind it. I'll take. I'll take a Bears loss any day of the week. There you uh, go. Last game for me. Not the most exciting game, but the Jaguars against the Chargers. Chargers seven and a half point favorite in this one. Credit to Justin Herbert and his strong showing. That L.A. already a seven and a half point favorite. I mean, I know it's Jacksonville, but the Chargers themselves are one in four, one and five, and you know drafted sixth overall last year. So it's not like we're really talking about some great dynasty. Um, I think it's just you know, what Herbert has shown and, and what this team has looked like with him under center um, big. I've, I've been a huge fan of him. You know, I, I liked him. I thought Miami should take him over to, uh, but I didn't see him playing this well this immediately. Um, and it's been really impressive. I'm not sure, you know, they, like the chargers can, can quite make a playoff run this year, but it, they kind of feel like a team that, you know, maybe they win three straight in the, in the year. Um, or just, they're going to finish this year really strong where next year, they're going to be that that hot team that everyone's talking about that can kind of maybe na- take the next step. But, uh, yeah, I see them handling the Jaguars and covering that seven-and-a-half-point spread.
1: Right. The Jaguars are awful, and Justin Herbert's phenomenal. So he's going to embarrass Gardner Minshew in that one. I definitely agree. And finally, I am talking about an exciting game, Matt. It's the most exciting game Of the week, it is the Pittsburgh Steelers at five and zero against the Tennessee Titans at five and zero. It is Mm -hmm. the AFC AFC game that we've been waiting for. I mean, it's going to be good. You know how close is the Titans are favored by one point. That is absolutely nuts. Who's going to win? You know, there's a lot of talk. Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry in the MVP conversation. Talk about Ryan Tannehill. Should he be in the MVP conversation? Well, I'm telling you what, Matt. This game is going to decide whether Ryan Tannehill is MVP material because I'm telling you that Pittsburgh defense, not going to stop Derrick Henry. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he they're going to stop him from reaching 150 yards. You know, And I think when he can't reach 150 yards in a game, you know, I think that Ryan Tannehill is going to have to do something. Not everything – but he's going to have to do something. And the Steelers' defense has picked off a team in every single game this season. You know, I I, I just think that defense is too good. The offense is going to play as they will. The Titans' defense is okay. They'll get, you know, they have just so many ways that they can attack you. James Conner is healthy. He's rushing down your throat. You have, you know... Chase Claypool running down the side, this monster of a young man. Juju Smith-Schuster seems to be an afterthought, but he's still an amazing player as well. James Washington, Deontay Johnson. I mean, just so many weapons that they can attack you with. And I just think that in the end, Tannehill's going to throw a costly pick. Steelers are going to pick it off. It's going to be the only difference. Steelers cover the spread and beat the Tennessee Titans to go. 6-0, and knocking Ryan Tannehill out of the MVP conversation
0: wow out of the conversation that's harsh i'm saying well i think tennessee's gonna win so i, I but even if, even if they lose i out of the conversation seems out of the MVP conversation if they he's lose he's just no no, no. i'm saying i'm saying he's not gonna have a good game i don't think he's gonna have a good game and i think he's actually gonna be the reason
1: they lose but if they there's still so much season and they're still five and one Right, but right now it's already questionable. It's already questionable right now. I just think that Derrick Henry is the MVP on that team. I don't think Ryan Tannehill deserves to be in that conversation with all the other players that are there.
0: I think Tannehill is gonna shut you up this Sunday. We'll see. He be- maybe I maybe, he Tannehill, has- maybe Tannehill maybe Tannehill of three years ago, but I mean I think I feel like you're giving you're you're talking you're talking to me about Dolphins Tannehill. You're not talking to me about Titans Tannehill. That that's a different player. He the they guy, have not the guy is good. Against-
1: they haven't gone against one defense that has stopped Derrick Henry enough for him to have to actually win the He's game. still throwing the ball well, though. He's like, throwing the ball well, but you're also talking about a defense that lives to pick off quarterbacks. Like, that's their job. That's what they do. They don't just stop the rush. They also have I mean, to stop the rush. That's
0: from. what every defense's job Not is as <laughs> Not as good as Pittsburgh.
1: Not as good as Pittsburgh. You know, saying it's the their Tannehill. job
0: and saying they're good at it. I, I, they're I, the I, best at it.
1: Tannehill's going to get it done. All right, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting game. I mean, it's really going to decide who's going to be the top contender with the Chiefs, I think. In my head, whoever wins this game, top contender in the AFC with the Chiefs. Uh, Obviously, the Ravens are still up there. You know, they do have the loss against the Chiefs, so that kind of hurts them. But, like, they're in the top three always, you know, with Lamar. I still think they have to show a little more in terms of, you know, having a very consistent offense. But, you know, I think Titans-Steelers is going to really show, you know, and, and I don't think it knocks either out of like that contender spot um because i think it's going to be a close game regardless but yeah it's also going to be a test for the pittsburgh defense you know they have to stop king henry and no one has yet so um it'll be interesting to see if they can uh bud dupree i'm sure he's he's salivating at the idea so uh it'll be really interesting to see what happens there but definitely the game of the week definitely the game i'm going to be watching and uh yeah just can't wait for that one
0: yeah should be a good one always i mean like you don't really get that many undefeated battles. Uh, I think even, I can't remember the stat I saw today, but there's been, there's been few five and zero against five and zero or better matchups in, in NFL history. It doesn't really happen that often. So kind of fun to see that. And both teams have, have looked good. I think both teams, you still, you know, maybe you wonder, are they with the chiefs and the Ravens? And I think this is a game that would, would you would expect the, the winner to, you know, the answer to be yes to that, that, that they certainly are, but should be a good week of NFL action. The biggest action this weekend though, Yannick, it's happening. Yeah. It's in happening the, <laughs> in the Octagon. It's on Fight Island. Heck, heck, it, it's in prime time on Fight Island. UFC 254, Khabib, Gaethje, it's going to be a blast. Uh, we're going to talk about just three of the fights from the main card. We'll start with the heavyweight battle between Alexander Volkov and Walt Harris. Volkov, one and two in his last three fights, uh, although still the number seven heavyweight in the UFC. Harris recently beating the ageless ageless Alexei Olenek, uh, and then got TKO'd by Alistair Overeem in his last fight. Both are huge guys. Volkov, 6'7", Harris, 6'5", tons of power. I'm going to go with the favorite. I'm going to go with the Russian, Mr. Volkov, uh, and I'm going to say a a third-round knockout size is going to, the size and the power is going to come together and, and get him to win. Jan, who are you, uh,
1: get who the, wins, at as the favorite get Alexander Volkov, Alexander Volkov. I agree with you. I'm also taking Alexander Volkov in this one. Obviously both fighters bouncing back from losses earlier this year. Uh, you know, Alexander Volkov lost a uninspired unanimous decision to Curtis blades. Uh, you know, he was knocked down 14 times. He wants to kind of get back from that. Definitely. And, uh, Harris, you know, had that, you know, dramatic second round TKO to Overeem, but he could have taken Overeem out in that first round. That was the big thing. He almost took him out there. And it was also the big storyline that he fought Overeem after the murder of his stepdaughter. So that was like a big kind of, you know, big fight for him as well that I think was a lot to fight with. You know, the thing with 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 Walt Harris, he's got those knees. He's got those devastating knees. He's a powerful puncher. All 13 of his wins have been via TKO. Volkov, on the other hand, has a karate background that he's got great technical striking, and it's going to be really exciting to see which one of them prevails. I'm also taking Alexander uh, Volkov. I just think his karate background will give him the distance he needs from Harris's punches to earn him the decision victory. Um, you know, he showed he can he can hang with big hands. He barely lost to Derek Lewis, who we can agree has more bigger hands than Walt Harris. So, you know, I think I take Alexander Volkov in this one, but I take it by decision not by knockout. I like it. Yeah.
0: Should be a fun one. Uh, I mean, heavyweight battles are always a blast. Cause there's just, yeah, the big, boys. And I mean, it's yeah, it's these guys particularly, you know, like any of the best it's one punch and, and the fight can be over, but should be a good one. The next fight, a huge fight in the middleweight division. It's Robert Ooh. Whitaker against Jared Cannonier. Uh, you know, probably well, not even probably, just actually the two top contenders in the middleweight division, both like number wise and you know kind of like de facto. And this fight, kind of you know uh, a play in uh, fight for the title bout with Israel Adesanya. After uh, Izzy's win against Paulo Costa, of course he called out Jared Cannonier. And when Izzy won the middleweight uh, title, it was from Robert Whitaker. You know Whitaker's been itching for a rematch after his after losing the belt to Izzy. Uh, Got a, a win against Darren Till in his last fight out there, looking to to beat Cannoneer here and show that he's still the top contender in the middleweight and and maybe take that win back. Betting wise, this one's a toss up. Um, Whitaker's slight favorite at, at, at minus one hundred five. Cannoneer, minus minus one fifteen. It's kind of interesting too, you know, Whitaker, the former champ, the, you know, uh, you know, you'd say kind of the more accomplished fighter, only twenty nine. Why Jared's thirty six? Um, late bloomer. And kind of, you know, doing it on his best fighting streak since he started his career 7-0 in Alaska. Love Kananir, but I do think Whitaker is the better fighter. I think he wants to get back in that octagon with with Izzy very, very badly. And I'm going to go with Whitaker to earn a, a, a rematch against Izzy and get a unanimous decision after three rounds.
1: Right. I mean, it's an interesting... You got two fighters with some scalps on their record. You know, Whitaker's got Yoel Romero, Darren Till... Ronaldo Souza, Derek Brunson, Uriah Hall, you know, obviously that loss against Adesanya, but you know, he's greatest fighter. It's 21 and five, great, great, great a fighter as anyone. He's got those powerful strikes. He's also got really good sidekicks that he kind of just like throws out whenever the, the fight isn't going his way. And he's explosive at close distance. He's a great kickboxer, which will, you know, aid him because cannoneer mostly does well against wrestling types and uh, I think Whitaker has what it takes to not get into a wrestling fight with Ken- Kenanier. Um Obviously, Kenanier has the win against Anderson Silva. He has the David Branch win, Cyril Asker, Hermanson. Uh, and his only wins have co- his only losses, really, the big ones of Glover Texera. Jan Blackovitz, obviously won the fight the other day for the title. Dominic Reyes, great fighters that he's lost against. Uh, He is older. His big thing is that he's an amazing athlete, right? Like that aided him in moving up to the heavyweight division. It's aided him in kind of being this contender that he is. You're right. It's a toss up. You know, I'm going with Robert Whitaker as well. And I'm going on with Robert Whitaker simply because you said it this means more for him. Like, I think Jared, can, this isn't going to be like if Jared Kanani loses, it's he loses and he doesn't get to fight and fine. But Robert Whitaker wants some revenge because he feels like he can, he can hang with Insaya. And after seeing Adansia bowl through everybody uh, since him, he, he wants to get back in that ring and be the guy to beat him. So I think he wants it more in this one. And uh, he kind of gets the title shot that he wants the second one. And, what a fight that's going to be, Robert Whittaker versus Israel on Isaiah round two.
0: Yeah, tough. I mean, you know, tough to say. One, one of them is more motivated when Canadier would still be fighting for the middleweight, you know, title uh, if he wins this one. But um, yeah, I think maybe more personal for Whittaker with there having losing to to Izzy. All right, it's the big one. It's Khabib Nurmagomedov and Justin Gaethje the human highlight reel. Oh, I'm so excited. What a it's fight. Gonna be I, the feel greatest like, I feel fight. like like uh, the eagle, the human highlight. Reel. I always forget about the main event, but this one I'm I'm so so pumped just cuz I love Gaethje, and I think Khabib is a- incredible, you know, maybe the greatest fighter of all time. Like honestly on paper this isn't really that enticing of a fight. Like Khabib is the overwhelming favorite and deservedly so. Uh, he's only lost one round ever let alone a fight, 28 now, continues to build a legacy. Uh, And as a fighter, there's really no legacy builder like an unblemished record, and and particularly in the UFC where we haven't seen it. So if he can keep on doing that and and stay undefeated and just dominate guys like he is, it's quite a legacy that would be laid by Khabib. I think Gaethje has a chance. He's got the power to knock Khabib out if if he can get those hits in. And he is a strong wrestler um, where you know he can really defend better against Khabib than a lot of the guys that Khabib's have beaten before, like, like McGregor, like McGregor had the power to to beat Khabib, but he couldn't defend against his wrestling. Like a guy like Gaethje uh, can. So I I think Gaethje does have a chance, but it's one of those things where I think he's just going up against a guy who might be the greatest of all time. I'm going to go Khabib fourth round submission um, and starts kind of building the legacy of, of maybe the greatest fighter ever. Already, like, trying to call out GSP for a fight after this one. LOL. Yeah, which, I mean, God, I would cry in happiness if that happened. But who do you got in the in
1: the title fight, man? All right. Well, you know what? Khabib, we know he loves to get his opponents to the ground and pound them to smithereens and make them submit. Like, he just he gets you to the ground, he knows how to get you to the ground, and he knows how to beat you and suck the life out of you there. But, Justin Gaethje, like you mentioned great wrestler, and he has got he's not just a great wrestler. He has good fighting technique overall to keep Khabib fighting on his feet more than I think other opponents have in the past, which is not Khabib's strength. It's not a weakness, but it's definitely not his strong suit. And you know what? We saw in boxing the pound for bound best fighter in the world go down to the guy that we loved to watch fight, but we knew was the worst fighter. And I'm going to say it right here, Matthew. You heard it. On this podcast, I think Justin Gaethje wins and is Khabib's first loss. Let's go! I think Justin Gaethje has it, and in any year that it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen in coronavirus year. It just is. There's been a long layoff. You think, you think Gaethje- coronavirus affects Khabib? I'm not saying it affects Khabib, but if there's any crazy year where it happens where Lomachenko loses to Teofimo Lopez, it's happening. Justin Gaethje. Is gonna shock the world on Saturday. He's gonna shock the world, and who knows what happens next? But I, you know, I, I, you know, of course, in all honesty, does Khabib, you know, is the overwhelming favorite? Of course, but I gotta go with the upset here. I just love the upset angle, and you're right. It's not just a fantasy. He has the technique that is that can counter some of the things Khabib's great at. So I'm, I'm not just talking it out of my ass. I am talking with a lot of hope, but I'm not just talking it out of my ass here. Justin Gaethje wins, has the best year of his damn life, and and who knows? Where of course, Khabib you're talking up. out of Iran.
0: <laughs> we know he's got the we know he's got the capabilities
1: for he's sure. going up against
0: friggin' Khabib.
1: There we go. But you he's never. I mean, you know what? Nurmagomedov, the you know eagle. What? He's next week. Next week, Matt, talk to me next week when we when we when we do this fight. Look, I want will.
0: Gaethje to win. I mean, Gaethje's my favorite UFC fighter. I want Gaethje to win more than anyone. But I just don't think like I I just don't not sure he can do it against the fighter that could be bit. Like he, he's just he's just so good and he's so much better than everyone else. But uh I'm pumped for it. Should be a good fight. I hope it's a good fight. I mean I hope it's I hope it's a close one. Um and It should be a good, not evening, daytime. Main card starting at 2 p.m. Eastern. They're doing that uh, more local time, so it's like 10 p.m. at uh, in Fight Island for the main card. Um, So a little midday UFC action should be a good battle. Will Khabib continue to build the legacy as possibly the greatest UFC fighter of all time, or will Justin Gaethje pull off an absolute stunner we shall see. Jan, that's all our sports talk for the week. Moving on to our cool down part of the episode. Give me your historical fact of the day.
1: Well, my historical fact is less of a fact than a shout out. Happy birthday to Mr. Jeff Goldblum, who was born on this day in 1952. We love Mr. Jeff Goldblum. Love his charming charisma. Great actor. Jurassic Park, Independence Day marvel movies what else could you want funniest dude ever it remains Bye. that way there you go the the most you could want from an actor funniest so, dude ever funniest dude ever love it I like love it to, i love like it. to
0: call out yannick for his hyperbolic speech
1: you know what and i want to say if anyone's been keeping track apparently the next time we talk uh the bears would have been blown out by 20 the yeah. uh khabib is gonna not be undefeated anymore and the Seahawks and the Titans are both going to have losses, so it, it might it might be a rough week of betting for me. I'm not going to lie, but I stand by it. I really do. And uh, yeah, happy birthday to Jeff Goldblum! Your birthday is today. <laughs> <laughs>
0: your birthday is. this. like a just. Say, hey, by the way, um, don't know if you knew this, but it is your birthday. So, happy birthday. happy birthday. Happy birthday. To know you listen to the show, but happy birthday, Jeff Goldblum! All right, mine is uh, on this day in 1797. Andre Jacques Garnerin—I don't, you know, my French just lacking—jumped from a balloon at around 2,200 feet over Paris, in what would end as the first successful parachute descent ever. Wow! What an achievement!
1: What What a dare to do!
0: What a like badass!
1: Could you just be like, this is never? No one's ever survived this. No one's ever tried this. So I yeah, this it's thing. like,
0: all right, like twenty two hundred feet. Like, like you sure this will work? We can't start lower than twenty two hundred feet. Like, this dude's just like, let's let's go. That is the definition of
1: a daredevil. Yeah, I love it. I love that. Well, good for you. I can't pronounce your name, but good for you. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it is not your birthday though.
1: It is not your birthday. I guess it might
0: be. I didn't I didn't read that much on on him. If on his birthday,
1: hilarious. he did this trick.
0: On yeah. his birthday. It's like I lived a good life. Mine as well. Oh. All right, Jan. Halloween. I hope uh your October's been good. Hope you've been watching lots of, of scary movies. I wanna know what's the scariest movie that you've ever seen?
1: Right. Well, this is maybe this is a lame answer. I don't know. But uh, insidious for me still stands out as the the first time I saw it, especially just scared the ever living fuck out of me. I mean, truthfully, I'll never get the whole like tiptoe through the tulips part out of my head. Like never, ever, ever. Like I, I that part will stick with me for the rest of my life. Uh, and it's just, and like the ending of that movie, I'm not going to ruin it for everyone. I mean, it came out a while ago. I can just the ending of that movie where it's like through the picture, they find out that the devil's still like out there and like, oh my gosh. And the classic
0: devil move,
1: classic devil move still out there. So insidious is the scariest movie for me. What about you, buddy? And hope you had a good October too.
0: I, um, I'm going to get insidious if you call me buddy again.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, i do and i it's call it i gotta stop i gotta stop it's
0: i don't know what it is i don't it's a universal thing with me and my friends of like we're like i not i don't i don't know why but uh, i'm gonna go with high tension it's a 2003 french slasher film that my brother showed me and it's terrifying and like it's just insane the they like starts, I don't know, I can't even, I'm not even going to say that. It, But watch it. It's called High Tension. It's really, really good. Me and me and the roomies, a couple, well, it's like, a, I guess longer now. We didn't do it at the start of the, of the month, but we um, all wrote down like a bunch of scary Halloween movies and put them in a big little bowl bucket thing. And then each night we pick one out and watch one. So we've been making our way through a lot of good ones. Yeah. Because we couldn't decide we, we each night we'd be like, let's watch a scary movie, and then we couldn't pick one. So we're like, that's let's just write down care. all the ones yeah. that are good, that we want to watch, and then we're, the decision is made for us. Yeah, it's been fun.
1: Good for you. Yeah, that's a great decision. I'm going to do that next time. I'm going to do that. That's a good idea.
0: Well, Jan, it's about to get real scary for you. God damn it, I'm, I'm so mad at this <laughs> it's, it's time for quick fire questions. Oh, gosh. <laughs> all righty. Do you think that there's any way Trevor Lawrence would try and get out of playing for the Jets if they uh, end up with with the number one pick? Either staying at Clemson, demanding a trade, what have you. Do you think he tries and wiggles his way out? Or do you think he says, hell yeah, let's take on New York and become the biggest star in the biggest city?
1: I think he stays. I know. I know what people are saying that like, that's how bad the Jets are. And I just said the Jets are the worst team in NFL history. But – I, I do think Adam Gase is gone, and I think that was the biggest hindrance to them. So I I, I think they have a lot of room to grow. I do think New York beca- is like the team is bad, but the location, the chance to rebuild a legacy, right, it, is great. And like playing in in New York, you know, and and the Giants suck, and the Jets suck. Bring it back, baby. Bring it back. Like you know I what made it. you
0: know what made Eli Manning a massive star playing in new york like i and it's like it's weird from not living here and like living here now like seeing how it is like how much new york's teams are in the like discussion all the time whether they should be or not especially because most of them suck but they are like so if you can be good with them like if trevor lawrence comes in and, and can make the jets good he'll be the biggest star in the NFL. You know, barring maybe Patrick Mahomes, but, like, being able to be in New York and be a star quarterback. Plus, like, yeah, the Jets suck, but agreed, Adam Gase is gone. Plus, you know what helps a team that sucks a lot? If you get a really good fucking quarterback. There you go. That goes a long, long way.
1: Goes uh, a long way. Trevor
0: Lawrence is that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I think it's a lot of talk and I think he, there, there's no way he sticks around. He
0: playing. seems like too competitive of a guy too, to be like, no, right. I don't want to do that. Like, I think he'd be like, yeah, like I want, I want that challenge. Like it's the same thing with Baker. Like when Baker got drafted with the Browns, he's like, no, I want, I don't care that they're Owen 16. I don't care. Like I want all of that. I want it all. And, and I mean, him and Trevor Lawrence and Baker Manfield like mentality aren't completely alike, but in that sense, I think of like, yes, I want this challenge because I, for, trust in my ability that much, I think they are uh, the same way in that.
1: Right, yeah. I definitely agree, and I'm so excited to see him in green and watch him play near us. Dude, okay, think about
0: it. Like, we were the New Yorkers, very, very sad, you know, of course, about um, Zion Williamson not coming to New York when they didn't get the um, number one pick. But, if like, the Jets got Trevor Lawrence with the number one overall pick, then you have Sabrina Ionescu going to uh the Liberty with the number one pick. The Rangers just got Alexis Lafreniere. I can't I don't know how to say his French Canadian name. Your French I, I is real bad. Today. Alexis. <laughs> I know, dude. It's it's usually so spot on. I, I usually don't mispronounce anything French. It's such a yeah. <laughs> straightforward language that makes sense. Yikes. But like Rangers got this top pick. Liberty, the Jet, like a lot of good star and like really good topics like right Alexis Sabrina and and Lawrence were all kind of like those are some culture changers so right been good for New York there you go there you go all right next question this is I (laughs) partly pushed you uh forward earlier because I I was afraid this question may uh, rise up in what your thought where your thoughts are going do you think Ryan Patrick Ryan Fitzpatrick gets traded anywhere
1: Yes. Uh, I, I think I, I, I don't know where necessarily that's not the question. I think he does. I think that he's mad. And I think that, you know, I don't know if having him there, like before you were like, Oh, he can be the veteran that backs him up. And not, I'm not saying Ryan Fitzpatrick wouldn't be like, want to do that, but why not trade him somewhere? And why not a team get him that needs a quarterback? You know, like I, I, I just, Absolutely. there's a lot of teams out there that could, could you could use that. And I'm even saying, and I, you know what, this is a crazy, this is a crazy discussion because I know it's not going to happen. But in my dream, you know, Eagles lose tonight. They lose three straight, but are still in it because the NFC East is that bad. And they sign Ryan Fitzpatrick, bench Carson Wentz and get to the playoffs, baby. Get to the playoffs, baby.
0: I mean, it's not that bold of a choice to say they get to the playoffs because like they could throw me at quarterback and we'd still have a chance to make the playoffs being in the NFC East this year, but I like That's it. True. Yeah. I mean, I hope, I hope he gets traded. I agree. I think Brian Fitzpatrick would have been a great mentor and I think Brian Fitzpatrick would be open to that role, but I think there is some like, you know, the way it came out and just how it was all handled. I think the, there is going to be, you know, a little bit of of bitterness and and resentment from him. I just wonder if there's really a team that like, is willing to offer enough. And if you're, if you're really like, we're going to trade for a quarterback is Ryan Fitzpatrick, the guy, like how long does that trade really last like beneficially for you? But I'd like to see him get traded somewhere because he, he's been playing really well and he deserves it. And I I feel bad for him with the, with the benching. All right. My final quick fire question, Jan, give me a a football score prediction for the Iowa Hawkeyes against the Purdue Boilermakers this weekend.
1: Oh, buddy! Uh, you know, it, it, it's I'm so happy Hawkeye football's back. It's going to be so fun to watch. And I we've talked about it. Iowa's got a good team coming back, and we're not just talking out of our asses there, like I was with the Khabib pick. Like we truly, we truly, <laughs> we truly are talking real, real good team coming back. You know what they can do in the Big Ten is obviously capped by by Ohio State and Penn State being there, but this is not the game where it's going to be capped. I'm gonna go 38 to 28. All righty, I like it. Nice offensive explosion. Eight. Absolutely, they're gonna come out swinging because the that. Big Ten wants it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: now I mean, with all the weapons we have, it's it's what will Petrus look like, which I'm I'm excited to see. It's I was talking to my dad earlier, and it's kind of nerve wracking because this is probably not that Purdue's like incredible, but probably the best team I was open to season with in a long time, because it's like, we're just so used to, you know, Northern Illinois or Miami of Ohio. So I feel like there's a little more apprehension um, coming into like an actual, just big 10 game. And anytime, you know, you get a, a new starting quarterback, particularly with Stanley being the starter of the last three years, it's been the same guy under center, but excited to see what Petrus can do has so many weapons with Smith, Marset, Brandon Smith, Nico Reganey, Laporta, of course, uh, Goodson, the sophomore running back. I'm excited to see what he can do in the running game. But uh, yeah, should be a good game. Excited that Hawkeye football is back, and and that is the the end of our episode. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you stay safe out there. Wear a mask. If you're not registered to vote, register to vote. If you are, make sure you vote. Time is winding down. Hold the door for an old lady. Smile at someone. I don't. Jan. What other? Wear stage a do you mask.
1: Know? Tip your service workers. They are working in a pandemic. If you have enough money and don't care enough about the pandemic to go out and eat somewhere, then you should have enough money to tip them. So go tip your service workers.
0: If you don't tip people, you're literally the bottom rung of humanity.
1: The bottom rung.
0: Facts. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it always. Cheers, y'all.